welcome to Deep Dive MKE, a podcast that explores how City on a Hill is transforming communities and families worldwide. Join us as we dive deep into conversations with individuals who understand the journey out of generational poverty and its trauma. I'm your host, Art Serna. Let's dive deep. All right, welcome to the segment of the Deep Dive MKE podcast. I had the pleasure of meeting an incredible person recently that has been connected to City on a Hill for a number of years. Carly Whitlock is a parent within our resilience cohort, and she just brought the house down at our annual breakfast this week. And it's incredibly grateful to have her in the podcast studio to talk more about her story and her journey. So Carly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I feel honored. I'm honored. So <laughs> my goodness. And I hope people will get to know your story because you move so many of us by sharing it. And some of your story focused on adversity. So we talk here about City on a Hill. We're about transforming cities and families. Yes. And that you can't do that without acknowledging the adversity that we face in life. So tell us more about what adversity has meant to you in your life. What does that word mean? And how has it been real for you in your journey? Adversity for me, even the word itself is a very strong word. So it may be something that brings you to your knees, even if it's just for a second. Or it may be something that causes a crash that is long lasting because it's that word. It's adverse. Another word that comes to mind, adverse, is it's not just a feeling. This is a thought. This is something I don't want to, maybe I should say hardcore or it's not easy. This cycle or this journey that I'm arriving on doesn't appear like it's going to be easy. So it's going to require a lot of strength. And that word that you use, resilience, you're going to be able to need to bounce back from that. Because if you don't, you'll still be down. Wow. So for you, when you think about your journey as a leader, as a parent, at one point as a wife, how, what was adversity? What adversity brought disruption into your life? My kid's father passed away in December 11, 2016. And that was hard for me because we had known each other half of my life. And it was like all the little milestones, things that you could think about, simple things, getting your driver's license, helping me study for college, everything that partners do. We were best friends. So it wasn't just losing a person I know. It was losing a large part of my identity. So I went into some depression. I had to deal with anxiety and stress. At a certain point, those emotions became rage. And then it was hard coming back down like on a really bad cycle. I felt at that time, honestly, that I should kill my kids. And I spoke to them about that. I should kill them and kill myself. It was that adverse, that it was traumatic. just that yeah. bad. Yeah. So I take a compromise. Maybe I'm going to put the kids in care. And maybe the system will be able to take care of them because I'm not. It's at a point where I'm not even able to take care of myself. And so the kids were in foster care. Some of them aged out of foster care. I do have two that are still in foster care. But when I said in that speech that I had put my family back together, it was more me sewing me up. It was more me binding myself. Because if you're not good for yourself, 
there's no way that you could be good for any other person. Wow. So that was brokenness for you in that moment. Yes. And that's why I described about the pieces being broke. And they weren't just broke on the stage. They were separate. My family was separated. It wasn't just the kids all together in one foster home. Because the system does, it is their effort to put kids together. But I had so many, five, it would be a little bit hard to keep them in the same home. So one of the values we talk about at City on a Hill, like the work that we do, we say we're about restoring hope, enhancing quality of life, and advancing justice in pursuit of transforming cities and families. That's no easy undertaking. That's maybe it rolls off the tongue, but to walk it out day to day, it's extremely challenging and it takes real courage. So one of the core values of City on Hill in our new direction is courage, being courageous. And courage is not the absence of fear, but you have to make some decisions to choose a new journey Sometimes choose a new set of relationships, sometimes move to a whole new place altogether, choose a new job, choose a new profession, reinvent yourself, takes courage. For you, how do you understand courage and how did you find the courage to make that decision for your family to say, I cannot adequately care for my kids, I'm going to put them in care. But then in that journey, you still had, I'm sure you have to, there are moments of courage that you had to find within yourself, within a community, with God. How did you find it? Talk to me about courage, what it means to you and how you've seen that come about in your life. Courage to me displays in different ways. I know that it's just one word, but it's also actions. So I had to sit and think, is this the right thing to continue to be a single parent? Only four months have passed away. Since my kid's father had passed. That was December. We're now in April. So. Then how many kids, Carly? Was this? At this time, it's five because the oldest had, was out living on his home. He was maybe in his early 20s or so. So the courage for me was accepting that I was in a lot of trouble. Not trouble with the law or anything. Well, some things did occur with the kids running away all the time. But when I mean trouble, I mean as in. The situation is out of control, the whole thing. And I don't seem to be able to get a grasp on this. And over here I have, and I'm inconsolable from grief of losing half of my life partner, someone that had been with me half of my life. So I think that I got the courage from God because everything that we get, come on now, our life, our breath that we breathe right now comes from God. Our voice, our thoughts, everything comes from God. And so the courage would have been, okay, this is your reality. And some of this you do not have control over. So you need to focus on the parts that you do. You need to come up with the trajectory, the kind of when you reminded me about the rockets. You need to propel yourself up and out. And that's what I started to do. Wow. Let's talk about community a little bit what community means to you and in your journey, who has been those people or individuals that have come alongside of you as part of community to help you stay on your path of continued growth and reinvention? At City on a Hill, we talk about community among staff, among guests, our health clinic, our youth center, our training programs. And over the years, we built relationships in this community that has gone beyond five, 10 years beyond 20 years for some with families that have continued to come back through the years as they navigate life. 
And we call that a community. People don't look the same. Mm-hmm. They don't come from the same socioeconomic status. They don't come from many times the same zip code, but they come together in something within this community of City on a Hill, binds them together, and they continue on that journey relationship over a long period of time. Consistency. And that's, we found is important. So for you, as you give up the kids for a season, what community came around you? What are individuals, groups, agencies? What did that look like for you in terms of community over the journey? City on the Hill was the biggest support for me. It was something that I was familiar with. It was a place that I knew that would not judge me because it was a lot going on. And one thing that I didn't need was somebody judging me. That would be one more thing for me to be embroiled in. So one of the programs, even now, working with Miss Sheila in the Compassion Resilient Program, which is a parenting slash caregiving course, I learned a lot about myself. We explore boundaries in the course. We explore taking better care of ourselves to be able to be full enough to offer something to the people who we love. Even sometimes just coming for the health fairs, because I know who's going to be here, being around familiar faces. My neighbor is a godsend because there's nothing that I'm able to go upstairs and need or want that she won't. If she doesn't have it, she's going to go get it. And then I have other friends who are ongoing sounding boards for me to just vent as much as I want. Wow. Well, you know, that, that means a lot to me. We've had that health fair for nearly 20 years here at City on a Hill. It's a consistent schedule. It's there. Like you said, and at times people ask, well, could we shift the time or there's no, can we cancel? I'm like, I don't think it's people have found it to be a consistent presence to build community. And I hear a lot about Sheila and what that group is doing there. I remember a time, Carly, when my dad had a major failure in his life. I won't go into the details, but it was a moment where I saw him and it was almost a moment of being in a coma, but being awake where he was processing the trauma of the event. And I imagine for him, there could have been a lot of shame, a lot of failure, potentially fear about what it could mean for him. A lot of times individuals, as we experience a major failure, fear can cripple us or shame can cripple us. Was that ever something you had to grapple with in your journey? And how did you overcome it if that's the case? In my presentation, I had expressed that was the thing. I'm frozen. You saying that my kid's father? (laughs) In my mind, I'm not considering God. I'm considering a human person that I know, that I can see. So I think that it would be fair to say that I had lost my faith due to the fear. It's like if a car crashes outside really loud, immediately there's going to be some shock. And then maybe we peek out. I don't have a car, but you guys do. And we'll see, like, is that my car? So I had to get over the initial fear of what does my life look like without my partner? Am I able to be a good woman? Because he absolutely admired and adored me and spoiled me. So now all that is gone. It was like going from black or white to black is like just pull all the curtains down. So a lot of fear occurred. I learned to make goals. What do you want to do? And that took my focus away from negativity. Oh, you want to save some money? Okay. Like now I'll be going to Vegas tomorrow because I saved some money. I have some arts and crafts groups that I'm going to be facilitating. Well, not facilitating, but I'll be helping out. I'll be doing the arts 
and crafts portion of the deal. So just those little, I've been on like a health panel to speak to medical care in regards to listening to patients and making sure that their needs are met. So just those little things, focusing on what I am able to do, things that I do have power and control over. Wow. And as you've done those things, giving yourself to set those goals, to pursue them, to lean into areas of creativity for you. And you got a speaking gift. It's very clear. If you're doing arts, you might have a creative thing in you as well. But I've heard that adverse experiences, adverse childhood experiences, many times in a community that experiences over a long period of time, we can carry that trauma in our bodies, in ourself, the echoes of that in our emotion, and it impacts the way we see the world. Yet positive relationships and goals can help us break out of that. You seem to have found a way to continue to the pursuit and not stay stuck in this place. Where do you think that came from? We talked about the rocket, you already the know largest I'm rocket. <laughs> there was fuel in that rocket to come to defy gravity and lift. Where's your fuel come from, Carl? You know that I'm going to say God, because I think we have a human side and we have a spiritual side. Even people that don't believe in God, because it's something that he put within all of us. So it's no different than our heart beating. It's no different than our lungs processing air to breathe. So I think that came from God to be able to, the word you use, propel me. Hey, you're not staying stuck with this because you need to move forward. Another thing that moved me forward is whether my kid's father could see me or not. I needed to do in his honor good. You know what I'm saying? It would be no different than if he was here. I needed to show my children good because I couldn't tell them to be good if I wasn't trying to be good. I couldn't tell them to try to do your best if I wasn't around doing my best. And I wasn't going to be great or doing my best if I was stuck. Yeah. So what would your kids say about your journey now? I think that they would think that it was amazing. No author <laughs> or producer could ever come up with that for a movie form because it's just been. But within that also, I think that we've had experiences that we would not have had. Some have not been so nice and neat and pretty, but they have given us the strength, back to that word, the resilience to be better people. So when you're with Miss Sheila and your peers and you're talking about the journey, what it means to be resilient. Can you give an example of one topic that you covered as a group that you were like, this thing, this is gold. This is a nugget, right? Like I'm taking this insight and I want to share it with the world. What would that be? I love when we did boundaries and within boundaries, we said if we made everything rules and regulations, we would have a thick, tall wall that nobody would ever get in. So there's four words that would determine a tiny compromise moment. Those four words are accommodate, accept, tolerate, and... Man, you had me there. You had me there. It's one more. Okay. Accommodate, tolerate, accept. Okay, I lost the other word, but the three are good enough. The three are good enough. We use those words to say, okay, the wall is thick and it's tall, but there's a space. Allow is our fourth word. Allow. God gave it to me. Thank you, God. (laughs) Allow, accept, tolerate, accommodate. So I usually don't, right? But just 
so somebody could get in for this moment. I will accept, allow, tolerate and accommodate this situation and I'll handle things accordingly. So maybe I don't do it tomorrow or maybe moving forward. That's that tiny hole in the wall. I loved it. It was magical for me. Wow. That's incredible. There's so many families, so many caregivers, so many of us that could benefit from just those four things you just shared as we think about the world. Carly, when you think about your future and what you hope to do in the next five years, what does that look like for you? Well, let me express a regret. I don't like how I use time. I feel that so much time has gone by in me being 48. I had the confidence and I had the power to do a lot of things. So much time just went by and I just let it go by. But my future is bright. I'm excited. I'm anxious to get started on some events and activities. When I come back, I'll be going to work. Not just one job, but several. So my future looks bright. Not just for me, for my children. I hear the 40s are the new 20s. <laughs> Technology allows us to do things much faster than before. See, so you may not be too far behind. And I agree with you that your future is bright and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Say there's a leader, an alderman, alderwoman, they're here and they're trying to figure out how can we help the community in this moment of some people say crisis or a lot of times the summer becomes a real important time for a city like Milwaukee. What would you say to them about what you found in a community like City on a Hill? I talk with a lot of people that say, wow, City on a Hill, I've never heard of you. What would you say to them is like, well, you should learn more. What do you find in a community like City on a Hill that other people maybe should benefit from? I love that community is treating. Like when you go to the doctor, community is treating a family as a whole unit. City on the Hill is treating a family through a trauma. It's not like, hey, well, we're going to talk about God over here. So you need to leave your trauma at home. It's, oh, okay. And then this person says something. And then this person says something. Even the kids. Maybe a kid is dealing with something. And then they say, well, oh, I'm in foster care too. Or maybe they say, oh, man, I didn't get allowance. It's relatable. So that's good. City on the Hill definitely keeps the kids busy. In the summertime, we have to keep the kids busy. It doesn't matter if we sign them up for some type of program where they're going to clean the streets and maybe as a reward, they'll get ice cream from Culver's or the jobs. I know some of the youth at City on the Hill do work and are paid. It's just that keeping them occupied because if we don't as a community, they'll go out and they'll make their own things to do and it will not be good, righteous things. Well, let me ask you this last question. You talked in your journey about the God question and in the type of work that we do, I want to glean a little bit more from you because this is part of your story in overcoming large events, events that could mean like life and death events, like this moment can define me for the rest of my life. Getting to that level, it's not superficial. This is deep things. This is deep intergenerational, deep stuff. Should God be in the picture? Should God be part of the discussion? Should God be part of the equation? Final thoughts. Why or why not? Or how would you frame that back to me in a different way? You brought it. I just want to give you because your story is so meaningful and impacted so many people. It was over a hundred people that you spoke to. And sometimes people come and say, what's the secret sauce? And that's a part of your secret sauce. Tell us more about that. The God question. 
I would say because God is our creator, he's going to have to be involved. I have this rule of when I'm really sad, I got five minutes to cry and I time it because crying might be given up. Crying might not be looking at other options. Crying might disconnect me from God. So you got five minutes to cry and then you're going to have to accept. Now, this doesn't mean you can't cry another five tomorrow or later on. In that moment, you have five minutes to cry. I do a lot of praying. I have to pray. And sometimes I'm pretty sure God is like, she just really tickles me. You know, the things I come up and I propose, but it's keeping that connection. Because when we were in the Garden of Eden, we had that connection and it was open. It was honest. It was pure. So God is still looking for us to have that connection with him. No different than our spouses, our partners, our friends, our neighbors. He wants that too. He's longing for that. We're longing for it and he's longing for it. Wow. Carly, thank you for your wisdom. Let's go build some gardens together. Thank you for diving deep. Thank you. Bless you. Thanks for your time and attention. Through the inspiring stories of courage, wisdom, generosity, and joy, we demonstrate how City on a Hill and our network is advancing justice and working towards a world free from poverty. This work highlights the cultural pillars of City on a Hill, loving, listening, learning, and leading. We can't do what we do without you. Remember to join the email list to stay in the loop on the important work City on a Hill is doing in your community. Till our next dive, stay courageous.